and welcome to another episode of All That Film. Uh, welcome, everyone, to a TV review that uh, I, for one, did not expect us to be uh, joining uh, to record on this one. Uh, but we, all of us have caught up on it, me, this day. Um, and we're talking about Peacemaker, the show on HBO Max. Um, I have one quick gripe, uh, but I'm your host, Hey, um, and we're joined with Rich and McKenna. Real quick, this is one, like, very small thing, um, <laughs> but HBO Max, like, w- when they were talking about the show, they were like, oh yeah, it's the highest performing Max original um, that's ever come out. And I was like, whoa, what? Like, I was baffled at first, and then I remembered, I was like, oh, oh, Max original, like, we're not counting Succession, Euphoria, like Game of Thrones. Um, so in- interesting wording uh, that they keep pushing out on that. But, you know, it, at least HBO Max like has... Because I'm trying to think, do you guys know the, the previous Max show that came out? Mm. Uh, so one that I really like is Search Party. That is that is a Max original that they bought from another IP. Because I think it was originally like a TBS show or something like that. But that okay, was then rebranded yeah, yeah, yeah. as a original, and from what I've heard, that is that is how HBO couches the the stuff they don't expect to win awards. Interesting. Okay, so if if they have a show that only I assumed everything would just be under the HBO Max release name, uh, but no, that's that's interesting. There was another. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, there was a show. Uh, with the mom from How I Met Your Mother, Christina Ricci, I think, um, called Made for Love with Ray Romano and the dude. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, that was, from, that was so creepy yeah. as hell, but it was good. It was a super weird show, but it was kind of like I kept watching it and I was like, is, is something going to happen? Like it was it's a little Black Mirror in some ways. Um, yeah. Anyway, we could, we'll get into Peacemaker. Um, but this is a show that all of us uh, are pretty positive about um and i for one this recording didn't release because i lost the file for it um but i started out saying yeah i think i'm gonna skip out on this show it's just not grabbing me and i have the exact moment and we'll get into that but rich i will let you go first on peacemaker what are your thoughts on the show so i think that this show exploits a cheat code in writing and that is to start with an unlikable protagonist Because when you start from a place where your main character is shitty, they can either improve or get worse, and both outcomes are entertaining. (laughs) That is fair. And I think that's that's the secret to our we our anti himbo. Yeah. (laughs) Schrodinger's himbo is is that what you're (laughs) positing here? Yeah. Um, (laughs) I mean, I think we've opened the box by the end of the first season. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Definitely. Um, all right, McKenna, what are your thoughts on Peacemaker? Yeah, so I must have either like heard about it and blocked it out or not heard of it at all because I only knew that it was coming out like a week before it dropped somehow. I, I don't know how I missed this one. Um, so I, lit- I didn't have any time to really form any expectations uh, and I'm kind of glad because going into it total blank slate, it was really fun, uh, and I just enjoyed the ride. It was a good, it was a good uh, experience. I think it had 
a really fun cast and it didn't uh, go too overboard. Like it had, it was the perfect size um, that we could track all these characters and uh, get to know them and feel emotionally fulfilled with each of their individual arcs over the course of the series, which can be challenging, but I thought it was well done. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I agree with everything y'all are saying. Uh, specifically, what's what's weird is both my brother and uh, dad. I forget if I showed them the Suicide Squad before they asked me or not, but I, I thought I remembered them even before seeing that movie, being like, "Oh yeah, we want HBO Max so we can watch Peacemaker." And I was like, "Where are y'all getting advertisement for this? Because I'm getting nothing." Um, and it's interesting because. Uh, for instance, uh, with the summer movie draft, when I look up stuff, uh, I'll get ads for movies that I would not otherwise see because then they'll be in my search history. So, for instance, um, the the Mimblewads, or it's, it's a movie Blake Shelton is in um, that I can't remember uh, off the top of my head. It's like a kid's movie. It's called the ugly dolls. Yeah. Sorry. Not the nimble ones. Um, I was given ads for that like all the time. So I don't know. I don't know if my computer's, uh, you know, algorithmically just messed up or whatever, but similar to McKenna, uh, really had no expectations for this. I was a little confused because it makes sense now, especially that gun, uh, was attached to it, that if they were going to make a show about any of the, any one singular character, I think it would be this one. I think the only one that you could make an argument for from the Suicide Squad is maybe Rick Flag and just change up the teams. But then even then, I think that doesn't have like a cohesion that this kind of has a, a little bit of fun with with the arcs like you were talking about, uh, McKenna. Um, but yeah, I, I Peacemaker was really fun. Uh, it won me over. And I didn't expect that. And I have the episode. I, look, I know, <laughs> I know this is gonna sound weird because the episodes are like an hour long, um, and and four hours is a little daunting. But episode four is called uh, "The Chode Less Traveled." Uh, and <laughs> if you don't like the show after that, you can definitely stop. But that's where <laughs> it started to win me over. And I was like, okay, like I, I kind of believe this environment. Like I believe these characters in this team and and what they're doing. Like it kind of works, even though there there's some aspects that I thought were a little blander. But uh, there's enough of that team and those characters that I actually care for. And I just think like it's kind of like the cheat code you're talking about, Rich. But also like I think James Gunn is just really good at this point doing ensemble. Uh, Thanks, because he's done Guardians and now this. Well, James Gunn is a structure writer. You can you can tell from how his scripts play out. Like you can tell where it's going, but it delivers in a satisfying manner. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you you have all these little threads and these characters in the show, and you can't help but you know latch onto them and want to see what happens as the series progresses. And they're they're more they feel more complete and and fleshed out than than a lot of shows like this would, and I think that that's that's part of that magic of of the James Gunn. Yeah, yeah, and I'm I, I think some people are still uh, st- steadily hesitant for Guardians Three, um, that'll come out next year, uh, just because it's 
spend a decent amount and where are they going to take it or whatever. But yeah, no, this this made me. I know obviously he's doing season two of Peacemaker. Uh, it was announced um, when this got done. I uh, okay. So real quick question, and and you know we we won't go too long. Uh, so that way we can crack into spoilers. Do you guys want to see a season two of a Peacemaker show? I think as long as as the same people are are behind the writing, that yeah, I, I could follow this more. I think if if they kind of part ways and somebody else steps in, I'm going to be a little bit skeptical. Yeah, I'm on the fence about it. Uh, I wouldn't be angry about it but it could i yeah if it wasn't the same team then i'd be like but uh, i I guess my my issue in in this isn't saying anything about the show um i think narratively it is kind of conclusive in this season where it can only be this season and i would be fine um that's not to say there's like a you know or shattering ending or anything, but uh, we're we're gonna get in spoilers, so let's let's uh, give a score. The Peacemaker. Um, I think I'm probably just gonna stick with a seven. Uh, I know TV scores are often inflated, but a seven's still really fun, and especially for this, it's it's basically like kind of in a, in a lot of ways like the first <laughs> white trash superhero. <laughs> um, which uh, was interesting to see. And there's definitely some some great moments that it led to. Uh, but Rich, what would you give this out of 10? I think I'd give this an 8. This is nice. this is a solid performer. It, it's not going to blow your mind. It's not going to you know revolutionize the medium. But it is a solidly entertaining piece of, of media. Perfect. All right. McKenna, what would you give this out of 10? Uh, I'm also going to give it an 8, actually. Uh, it is fun it like like rich said it's not revolutionary or you know anything like i'm never gonna see this again but (laughs) (laughs) but it's uh it's very fun and it's definitely something i could see myself re-watching just to have a good time so (laughs) I, i think you said the most important word there which is this is fun and that is something that it's it's hard to to imitate an actually fun show but if a show is fun it is so much easier to watch and stick with well also to to even add on to that i have uh because when i was i've written and recorded some of it uh but i think i'm gonna rewrite it um a little bit later but i've been looking at some of the streaming services and like analyzing which is the best and a, a sort of hot take is everybody kind of defaults to hbo max and one thing that i will always stand by is HBO Max has way too many like serious shows that are like oh rich family they're terrible succession's great like euphoria kids all doing drugs and it's it's it, but they have like way too many dramas that are long and like i think you you're hitting the nail on the head that this is just a fun show like i have heard uh righteous gemstones is also like just a fun show where like terrible people do terrible stuff and there's not like this weight to it that like can get a little exhausting at times like the only i think the only sitcom that is on hbo max and i feel free to correct me if i'm wrong on this uh is um big bang theory and young children oh there's curb (laughs) curb as well yeah good call superhero wise i mean it's a little harley quinn that was i that's 
Harley my, Quinn is the shit. I, yeah, that I adore great. that show. Um, I could go on for hours. <laughs> that that to me is the definitive Harley Quinn at this point. Like Absolutely. Margot Robbie was was good in in the last Suicide Squad movie, but she didn't get the the plot line that animated Harley did. So true. <laughs> That, that show is phenomenal. It's one of the best things on HBO. But uh, let's go ahead and go into spoilers for this. If you haven't seen Peacemaker or don't care about spoilers, uh, now is your time to... Or, sorry, if you do care about spoilers, uh, now is your time to leave. Uh, but if you have seen it and you don't, or if you don't care about spoilers, uh, make sure to stick around and, and you can hear our random jargon thoughts. Okay, real quick, this is, this is one uh, dumb thing that happened to me, similar to another show that we were going... Uh, to talk about but you know we don't have time uh for this one uh, the only reason i watched this is because there was a little bit and maybe maybe this i fell victim to uh studio marketing or whatever um <laughs> but there's a moment in the finale that, like i knew like there was there was buzz i could i could feel like oh what the peacemaker finale like what could it be and i assumed i don't know why i was like oh Batman's in it. Uh, and I think it's because I saw like a picture of um when Harley Quinn is in the Batcave and she says, Oh, the Batcave, this is where you F bats, right? <laughs> Batman's going like this, and I was like, Oh my god, like is Batman like gonna show up in this? Like which Batman would it even be? Like all of these things, and I was like, Oh well, I gotta catch up. Like uh if if Batman's in this, I don't know why I expected that I don't know why, you know. That was the driving force that that made me watch it. Um, the thing that it is, I got to that and I was like, oh, well, I'm not mad because I really like this show, but also like this was the big internet thing. Look, if you can't love a Jason Momoa cameo, like what is wrong with you? Hey? Do you I not have a heart? I, I guess I guess my issue is that I, I would have liked it if it were just Jason Momoa. Uh, and maybe the, I guess you can do the silhouettes, but the silhouettes felt weird. I think so. I didn't, I am very, uh, as, as many people know, uh, social media inept. So I had just been like, again, I, that helps me with the no expectation things. Cause I didn't know at all what to like, or that there was any buzz or like any fun cameo for the last episode. I was just rolling with it. So. Um, I wasn't expecting them to go beyond silhouettes. So for, I was like, oh, wait, shit, they actually got Jason Momoa. It was, it was, I don't know. I was, I didn't feel any kind of way about it. Cause I was just like, oh, look, it's Jason Momoa. They actually got him crazy. Yeah, no, that, that is fair. Jason Momoa, I'm very excited for Aquaman too. Uh, especially af- after Dune, he's he's a very charming individual. So good for him. It was more Jason I... Momoa knew who made him famous, and it was HBO. <laughs> and also, speaking of Jason Momoa and Dune, never clean shaven again. Jason, never, yeah, never. <laughs> um, that was I guess, that was traumatic. It's just weird to me that, like, I think I, I maybe saw a graphic or something about this that. In canonically in the DCEU, the person with the most appearance is Ezra Miller. And I was like, huh. <laughs> yeah, that's because he's he's got he's time. Got, yeah, I was gonna say he's got nothing else going on. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, uh the the, the also did he choke movie. someone? 
Didn't he what someone? What? What? I think he was the one that was caught on camera, like, choking a fan. What? (laughs) Holy shit. See, I don't know things. Damn. Yeah, I'm, the fan sorry. was like, I don't, there was just, we, we don't have to get into that whole thing. No, uh, that's a, my own research thing. <laughs> no, no. Um, Greg, yeah, delete that from your memories. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, let's get it. Let's get the uh, fun stuff. Again, that was a fun cameo thing. Um, the main thing I wanted to do um, in specifically, I guess, spoiler related um, the moment that I was talking about in particular uh, in in the Chode Less Traveled um, is when e- Economos like, is like, oh, you like this band, right? And it's the first, like, Peacemaker kind of, for the first time, recognizes him as a human, um, <laughs> which, you know, is the bare minimum, but still. Um, and then they have that awesome, like, jam sesh, and they're all having fun, and then they share the picture later. And I was like, Darn, this show has won me over because I was like, I was like, oh, I might take a break like after this episode uh, or whatever. Like, I, I don't need to, you know, keep pushing. And then I got to that and I was like, dang it, I really like these characters. <laughs> I am 100% a sucker for a found family storyline. Same. That's, it's my, I guess to, I was going to say it's my kryptonite. That was no like pun in, or reference intended, but. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a fun spoiler for you guys. Uh, did you know that the voice of Eagly was Olmec from Legends of the Hidden Temple? I thought well, D. Bradley Baker, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say he's in everything. He's a, he's a staple of the animation industry. He's awesome. Yeah, I saw that in the credits once and I was like, oh, D. Bradley Baker. <laughs> I was a big fan of Eagly. Um, yes, I was very worried for that bird towards the end. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, speaking, going off of that for another spoiler, uh, when the when Eagly actually hugs John Cena, yeah. <laughs> I was like, dang, this is like for whatever reason it's working, and yeah. and I love the uh. <laughs> The, the second time when he's trying to get the picture, is, every pet owner has had that moment where it's just like, oh, you're doing something really cute. I'm going to just try and get this picture. And then they move <laughs> right at the left. La- yeah. I, I love, I love. My dog knows little, exactly what he's doing. I love the little uh, conversation that Adebayo and uh, the, the main agent have in the forest. Uh, and she's like, yeah, you know, I saw Eagly hug him and I knew it was a sign. And she's like, and Harcourt is like, <laughs> you didn't view it as a sign to run away. <laughs> yeah, she's like, shit. Look, if you're picking a side, pick the one with eagle hugs. Just, just do it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, one of the, one of the slight like negative things. Uh, I didn't, I didn't love, and this is where I think like a season two could get better. Um, I didn't love the butterflies as like a villain. I thought they were a little weak, but also, like, they don't really focus on them too much. So it wasn't super, mm-hmm. like, that didn't, you know, dwell uh, while I was watching the series because they feel much like an afterthought. Because what they do have uh, is Peacemaker's dad, uh, who is a literal Nazi. Um, and it's great. It's great that they had him getting beat up and all of these pseudo KKK members getting absolutely obliterated by Eagly. Um, I'm forgetting the the 
name of Adrian's super vigilante uh, and peacemaker. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so to me, um, oh, go ahead. I I didn't know if it was biased because I'm afraid of like body snatcher kind of things, and that was scary, but. I was a little bit more of a fan of the butterflies. I get that they weren't really um, super compelling, just in general. Like, they weren't a big focus on the series because it was more about the individual characters. But I like that their motivations lined up well with Peacemaker's arc and having to deconstruct his philosophy and really question his own motivations or not even motivations his own um actions and realizing that even if he had you know positive uh intentions that it still did harm i think that was a cool way uh to link them and i liked that uh they kind of waited to reveal the motivation. I think that's what kept me more interested in them because uh, you didn't know what the villain motivation was for a good period of time. But uh, yeah, they were definitely, I mean, out of all of the characters or like character groups, they were more of a side note. So I could see what you're talking about. So I'm I'm going to somewhat agree with McKenna here and somewhat kind of go up the river. Uh, to me, I think I viewed the butterflies not as the villain, but as like the crisis, the thing that they were all dealing with. And to me, the villain was Peacemaker's own upbringing and his father and his internal struggles, because those represented more of like a villain-like role in the arc. That was a good way to put that. <laughs> Nice. Uh, are there any other main spoilers y'all wanna y'all wanna mention? Um, I I like that vigilante sucked through the entire thing. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that scene in the prison where he's just trying to piss off the Nazis. That was one of like the funniest jokes in the in the series to me. <laughs> Uh, that is you... that is what made me watch the the episode because I think the episode before that's like the second episode or third. Um, yeah, that's a really good scene. Yeah, that was really that was really funny. Um, I yeah, he was just an idiot, he, but that. Was... <laughs> <laughs> well, I that's love what the team I needed. Love... <laughs> I love it. Great, he has a great joke uh, when they're holding the. Uh, uh, nurses, uh, nurses and doctor at at gunpoint, and he's like, "Yeah, we got a doctor, a nurse, and a male nurse." And they're, they're like, "You know, you could just say two nurses." Like he's like, "I don't know, like it would imply that both are women." And then he's he's holding them at gunpoint and wants to kill them. And then they're like, "No, no, we we shouldn't do that." And he's like, "Okay, but don't duct tape them because then it'll hurt when they rip it off." <laughs> um. Was Dude, the this other... is a really weird time to be working on your facial exercises. Yeah, yeah he's crying. <laughs> um, oh my gosh, there was another one I was just thinking of that was... Oh my gosh. I can't even... Oh, sorry. There were... He had a lot of great one-liners. But like... So, yeah, I... question for the really group. great with the comedy. Um, 
when Father's Day rolls around, what do you think James Gunn gets? Like a couple guys to break his legs or this this has been a overarching thing in every James Gunn plot is dad stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> Mood. Uh I yeah, I like <laughs> just unabashed daddy issues, whatever. <laughs> like Years from now, we'll find out. Like, I missed one birthday. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, I think I think that's all we got for, for spoilers. There's not too much, like, uh, spoiler-wise in the show. Again, it's just really fun. Uh, and, and well, I think a lot of know. stuff resolves the way that you expect it to. and And that's not a dig against this show. And yeah, in a lot of shows, it might be, but this this is a comfort show. Again, yeah. just just because something like abides by a, f- a formula that you may like recognize, that doesn't automatically make it not fun and not yeah. enjoyable. Um, oh, that was something uh, I was going to bring up earlier when you were just talking about James Gunn's writing style in general. Is like I like because obviously, like it's it's pretty. Uh, famous or like well known that he worked uh for trauma at some point which uh i it's like he took all he's probably one of the the people who understands the most like what's so appealing about trauma films to people and is able to apply it in a really practical way to much higher budget projects and that's cool like well, yeah, I think yeah, one of the sure. things I mean, the the Guardians obviously have have made it into like the other like Avengers movies at this point, but I, they were they were nobodies like at all that no one cared about. Um, you you have so many and... uh, you have so many movies or franchises that are they're reaching for awards or reaching for spectacle, and and his his movies they just are what they are. Like it, it doesn't pretend to be high art. It just wants an entertaining story. Yeah. And in a way, like the, and that's like, cause I find that like that has artistic, like so much artistic value, underrated artistic value in its in and of itself is just like, no, like you can have fun. Like that's, that's really cool. And, uh, again, like, uh, it's a good use of schlock. Like, like I said, he learned. A, I feel like he learned a lot from working like on a famously like schlocky studio, and was like, "Cool, I can apply this to my writing, and it works really well." And I think that's cool. Well, I think that you know, working for Trauma at the age that he did, it, it's it's a good time to be there. And, you know, you have that schlock basis, and then over time you have the introspection that comes with the time after that schlock, and that's where we, we get a peacemaker. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Very nice. Well, then that'll, that'll conclude uh, this episode on Peacemaker. Thank you, uh, Rich. Thank you, McKenna. And we'll see you on the next one. 